Welcome to the podcast, Leadership is the Conversation, a discussion with today's top business leaders on topics to keep busy professionals informed. In the studio, we have Jim Dixon, Ron Kripe, and Tom Meyer of Equus Consulting, and I'm your host, Rick Ainsworth, and we have a special guest today joining us in the studio live and in person, Jamie Terry. Vice President of Organizational Development, Mountain West Farm Bureau Insurance Company. Okay, so, Jamie, I want to go go back to a question I had earlier about the vision and recruitment and, and retention. Is the vision statement helping to recruit and retain people? Great question. Um, and yeah, we are in a, we're in a strange time as far as hiring and <laughs> <laughs> recruiting and retaining employees. And so I think finding something as an organization that can allow us to remain competitive and keep the employees that we have, um, we are built on relationships. And so that's going to be one of our most important assets. Um, you know, where we're at with our vision, I would say, it's probably a little early to tell as far as the retention component. I, I would say we see a lot of our employees really getting on board with that. We are hearing it in conversations that our employees and supervisors are having. Um, I mentioned our swag focus group and they're utilizing that. We're using that in our conversations. Um, you're going to see our vision represented by a logo. We defined a logo. Mm-hmm. And so we have that. We have it on coffee mugs for employees. We put it in our PowerPoints. We use it in communication and really use that in um, discussions and decisions. From a recruiting standpoint, I would say a lot of the candidates and new employees that we're talking to do ask. They want to know kind of what the company's about. What do you get behind and what's inspiring? And I think our best bet is going to be finding employees that really align with that, finding new candidates that align with and um, can be inspired by and want to be part of an organization that says that we want to earn trust. And it's not a foreign concept to us. It's something that really, as we went through this process of defining, was much more organic. And so I think that you do see that reflected mm-hmm. in the behaviors. It's the consistency. It's we are doing every day what we say we're going to do, and that's predictable. Trust is such a, a broad topic. Let's get down into the nitty-gritty. What does trust really mean to the employee on the front line? What What does that look like? Well, in our work with Tom, um, <laughs> we learned defining trust was really interesting for us and one of the first things I think that we worked on. But really on that continuum – as I understand it, trust really starts in a neutral position and you work one way or another, you're either building or you're um, depleting trust. And so I think the more consistency that we have in the behaviors, in our operations, in the decisions that we make that continue to reinforce what we say we're going to do and continue to reinforce the vision that we've set out. And anytime that you see that tied to it, really, we're continuing to build trust. And so we, we understand you're going to start in a neutral position with a new employee. They don't have anything, right. you know, one way or another, except for maybe some uh, perspective that they have. So really continuing to build on that. And that's something that we have to continue to do with each other every day, with our clients every day, with our partners and with our new employees. Right. It's, it's interesting when we talk about trust. We, what Jamie's referencing is um, we had to kind of bring everybody on board with this idea that the opposite of high trust isn't low trust. 
the opposite of high trust is mistrust. So that's the those are the right. polar ends of the continuum. And right in the middle, you have no trust. You know, and, and that's not a bad thing. It just means I don't have enough experience with you yet to determine which direction the arrows are going to move. Are they going to move toward mistrust? Or are they going to move toward higher trust? Um, and those arrows are always fluid. It's because trust is a fluid concept. It's never, there's only one condition under which trust is completely set. And it's probably mistrust. Mm-hmm. You know, it's never set at high trust. It's always, you know, kind of in in movement. And and so one of the things that um, we've tried to reinforce with with your folks is there are two things that factor into that trust that we can probably unpack and explore. Consistency and transparency. High transparency and high consistency lead to trust. And you can have one without the other. You can have high consistency and low transparency and that does not engender any kind of emotional connection or trust. You can have high transparency and low consistency, and it does the same thing. Like your behaviors are all over the board or your emotions are all over the board. Um, you have to have both. You know, as an HR professional, what actions within the company do you implement to encourage the positive trust? I would say in general, if you're, if we bucket it, the transparency, additional communication. And I would say, I mean, we are going through massive amounts of change. We're undergoing a system implementation and in periods of kind of uncertainty, repeating and repeating, getting communication and the, the importance of having that transparency and continuing it. So pushing information out and continuing to repeat the information um, being really clear about expectations and um, setting expectations, providing additional information. And really, from an HR standpoint, being that baseline of consistency. Mm-hmm. When somebody has an issue, when somebody has a question, you know, being able to rely on that consistency in how we respond um, and the behaviors that we set um, and demonstrate every day. So let me give you an example from where we were before in our conversation mm-hmm. with the SWAG team. Mm-hmm. So the swag team, we launch a workshop and we find out that their sense of understanding about, you know, what 40X was, the language, all of that is not where we thought it was, right? Correct. So they're fully comfortable being transparent with the leadership team saying, ah, we're, we're not quite there yet. Like mm-hmm. we, we, we don't understand um, the concept of a lag measure. We don't understand the concept of a lead measure. We don't know how that connects. So they're very transparent with you. And then in that, as a leadership team, you show up emotionally in a very consistent way. Yes. You don't look thrown. No. It's just kind of like, oh, okay, well, we thought you were here. You're not. Let's, let's get you there. Let's get you there. So the emotional consistency piece is in place, which allows for a ton of psychological safety and transparency. And then we get everybody kind of upskilled in a way that keeps everything kind of calm yes, and, and intentional and mm-hmm. moving in the right direction yeah. <laughs> versus showing up in a, in a kind of erratic way, you know, non-consistently like, oh, well, you, you should be there. Like, you should know these things. We've been talking about this for a year. That's an inconsistent emotional response. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep, and nothing punitive or no, disciplinary no, no, no. about it, nothing emotional about it, yeah. And it sounds, Jamie, like Mountain West is just 
arms and legs ahead of everybody else with the, the whole trust conversation. But there are other companies that struggle with it. So, Tom, I'm going to look at you and, and Jim. You guys have, have experience with working with a lot of different companies over the years that trust has become an issue. You know, if I'm a leader of a company and I'm looking out and I'm saying, yeah, trust might be an issue in my firm, what can I do? I think one of the things that you have to get a hold of is what is the uh, kind of uh, organic feeling of the masses. I think the problem a lot of times with leaders is they, like you said before, they come up with a vision statement, the vision statement has trust in it and that type of thing, and they it comes from on high. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't come from a place of orga- organic nature. It didn't come from the troops. It didn't come from the front line. So I think if you're working with an organization that feels like they have some trust issues, the first thing you, I think, you need to do is get a hold of what's going on. Mm-hmm. What's going on in the front line then? What, what do they really feel? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about it from a, a really personal example and and i want to i'm going to throw this disclaimer out there i'm I'm going to use an example and it's not a mountain west example nor is it any mountain west employee past present future (laughs) (laughs) let me just throw that out there first of all all of the folks involved in this situation myself included are good people and well-intentioned everybody wants the best for their organization everybody wants you know the best for their employees and yet what happened was I was in this conversation or, or the set of interactions with one of our clients and uh, there was a lack of transparency. Now, one of my executive coaching clients uh, said years ago, one of her favorite taglines, and she's in, in uh, politics, is mm-hmm. all will be revealed. Like everything eventually comes out. <laughs> you can't keep a secret forever. And, and so is with most issues of lack of transparency, stuff gets out, right? And and it, right. and it doesn't mean anything other than all will be revealed. And when that happened, I had a choice point um, as a partner to this person to either pretend like I didn't know or head into that conversation with a high level of grace and integrity and, and gently probe you know, try to reset the relationship through that lack of transparency, which is what I did. And it ended badly. (laughs) Um, It ended badly, not again, because we're not dealing with bad people here. We're dealing with someone that was uh, very invested in that lack of transparency. Um, And, and so I got, I was on the receiving end of what I would consider to be a pretty emotional response that turned into a series of, you know, uh, attacks and, and all sorts of other stuff, which is not the point. Here is the point. When you're at that juncture and you have done your best to right the ship, to, to, to handle the lack of transparency and the person on the other side of that doubles down, it's a good opportunity to reassess. It's a good opportunity to say, maybe this is not a partnership I want. Maybe this is not a partnership that at this point in time can be successful. Give it six months, Mm -hmm. give it a year, give it 18 months. Maybe the person can come back around. Um, But I think it's also important when we talk about this issue of trust, if you get into mistrust, 
and it gets farther and farther down in that end of the continuum, there is a point at which it will become fixed and people can't come back. So I think, I guess my word of caution or word of advice to all of us would be handle those situations when you realize you're in the mistrust territory because someone has no longer extended trust to you or you're no longer extending trust to someone else. Those situations have to be very respectfully and gracefully handled. Okay, so it seems to me that in order for this, uh, for trust to work in any organization, that there has to be a high level of self-awareness of the employees. In other words, and I think if you would have asked this person, if you had asked the person you were talking to, um, are they trustworthy? They're going to say, yeah, I'm trustworthy. Right. I mean, everybody, everybody believes at some level they're trustworthy, right? But, yeah, yes but not everybody is. Right. <laughs> so. Yes. And here's the interesting thing about trust. I determine whether you're trustworthy. You don't. Okay. Right. Like when we talk about somebody being trustworthy, when I say Rick is trustworthy, that's a determination that I make based on my experiences with you, where I say Jim is trustworthy. I've had 20 years of experiences with Jim or Jamie or Rick or Ron or anybody in this room that would indicate, that would lean me to believe that these folks in this room are worthy of my trust. That's what that term means. So as leaders, maybe one of the pieces of self-awareness that, that folks can lean into is you don't determine your level of trustworthiness. Your employees do, your peers do, your colleagues do. The best thing that you can do is bring high levels of transparency and high levels of consistent, predictable, emotional and behavioral responses into that conversation or into that relationship so that people can trust you. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, and, and the reason I, I'm kind of asking that is because as a vision statement of trust, you are really um, engaging your employees, your customers in the process because you're you're basically throwing it out to them. I don't I don't define trust for you. You're going to define the trust. That's <laughs> We, that's a great, uh, a great point. So that was one of the discussions that we had because um, the first part of our vision is to earn trust, meaning yes. that it is an active thing that we are doing and engaging in, in every relationship, in every promise that we make and every day that we go through, we have to actively work to earn trust. Okay. So it makes it an actionable vision for us. And that's peer to peer. That's Mountain West to, to, member mm -hmm. that's executive to employee that's across the board absolutely tom i was going to ask too because one of the things that when we were working through the trust exercise you were explaining to us there's different levels of trust and so the relationships that you're establishing 
in a professional setting aren't necessarily, when you're talking about trust, the same as you would in some of your personal relationships as well, which that was really interesting in helping us understand and define that as well. Yeah, the, the situational, predictable, relational. Yes. Yeah, yeah the, the three levels of trust. Well, <clears throat> here's the other thing I want to clarify. I threw that down that example of, you know, the right. person that I had low transparency, low consistency with. Um, it doesn't make these people bad people. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I want to get that into the conversation <laughs> sure. because I think this was a very well-intentioned, good person that for whatever reason was was not capable of bringing a level of consistency and transparency to to our relationship. So therefore, I had to, I had to leave that relationship because it wasn't going to be effective or successful. Um, the three levels that you're talking about are uh, situational, I extend trust one situation at a time until I build enough of those interactions to know that I've gotten to the second level, which is predictable. I can reasonably predict how you're going to show up. Um, the swag team can reasonably predict that they can bring the executive leadership team anything and they know how you're going to show up. And then we get to relational, which is I've got your back no matter what. And what we talk about in organizations is that's maybe not the level you want to strive for. <laughs> because if somebody does something and I can't have their back, then consistency dictates that there's a consequence. Yes. <clears throat> so we always strive for predictable. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie, for that interesting discussion on implementing trust as a part of the Mountain West Farm Bureau Insurance Vision Statement. Join us next time as we continue our conversation with Jamie Terry and delve deeper into how trust operates within the executive leadership team and how to develop stronger levels of trust on your team. All views expressed on this podcast are the opinions of the individual participants and do not necessarily represent the views of any organization, employer, or group.